Hello, I'm Dustin Messer, Capturian Commentary Contributor and your host for today's episode. Today, we are talking with Dr. Ben Merkel, the second president at New St. Andrews College. Um, Dr. Merkel did an MA here in the U.S. and then a master's and a DPhil at Oxford, I think both in Jewish studies. His book, Defending the Trinity in Reformed Palestine, was published by Oxford University Press. And he has a biography of Alfred the Great called The White Horse King. We are on the campus of Legacy Christian Academy, where I teach. And on this Reformation Day, Dr. Merkel is about to uh, address our students and dazzle them and make Idahoans out of a bunch of Frisco, Texas kids. Dr. Merkel, thank you for being with us today. Thanks very much for having me. Appreciate it. Um, Dr. Merkel, I wanted to talk to you. Obviously, as a teacher, I have a great interest in Christian education and think of it uh, quite a bit from secondary education level. But Uh, I want to ask you more about the state of Christian colleges. It seems like a lot of Christian colleges are shrinking, having to combine, merge with other Christian colleges. And obviously, a lot of Christian colleges are even closing. And yet, as I look at New St. Andrews, it seems like you guys are thriving and flourishing. And I'm betting it's not because you have uh, made the campus feel like uh, a cruise or something. <laughs> what, what, what's y'all's yeah. secret? And yeah, it's a bunch of decline. What are y'all doing right? We attribute it all to the climbing wall and the lazy river. <laughs> um, no, I, th- I think that uh, the thing that sets NSA apart were some really um, kind of very um, in- insightful commitments that the board made very early on about uh, the way NSA would be different from a lot of the colleges. There are certain ways in which we think that um, – College education has been um, pretty significantly compromised. And initially, I think the stances that the board took felt um, rather extreme, kind of put us out on the edge. But now we're starting to see the real fruit of it. And mm-hmm. actually, it's starting to prove to be a really, really um, fruitful education. You know, mm-hmm. like right at the front would probably be one of the biggest ones was the decision to not take any of the federal money, mm-hmm. um, which is a big part of the budget for most um even private Christian schools, you think that you're a private school, so you're not really dependent on the federal government. But if you look at the um, if you look at the typical budget of a private Christian school, and you look at the revenue that comes in via Pell grants, subsidized student loans, and other federal money, you'll realize that um, most schools are actually getting more money from the federal government than they are from tuition checks from mom and dad. Hmm. And so those. Um, that, that obviously skews the way the education is going to be uh, delivered quite a bit because those checks come with strings attached. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we're starting to see the result of that in pretty significant ways now. Wow. And so let's say I, I think we could all probably anticipate the ways in which you're different than, say, the University of Idaho or University of Texas or Texas A&M or something like mm-hmm. that. But how would, not just in content, but in delivery method and so forth, how would a college... Uh, college experience, how would a college uh, experience at New St. Andrews differ from another Christian school, another Christian college that let's assume is doing all things right, but just how would things be different? Well, there's a a couple of different ways. One is obviously size. We're a very small school, so we really emphasize the community. Um, We deliberately do not have... um, we don't have dorms. We don't have a, a cafeteria. And that's not because we couldn't afford it. Those are actually the profit makers for most schools. Mm-hmm. So you can make a lot of money if we added those. But we don't because we want the students to actually live in community rather than in a little imaginary college city. Um, and part of the fruit of that, you know, this is another kind of surprising thing about us is that 
in one sense, we really don't have a spiritual formation plan from our, mm. for our students, meaning we don't have a chapel, we don't have a worship service, we don't have any of those things because we expect the students to actually be plugged into the local church and mm. be a part of the life of the local community. So students um, get their own apartments, they pay their own rent, they um, make their own food, do their own laundry, and they get themselves to church and are a part of a real church. And I think that the result of that is that it creates a steeper on-ramp to adulthood. Um, There is a real problem, I feel like, where we kind of coddle and um, create this imaginary world of coasting for a lot of uh, college students where life has no consequences and you're living on imaginary money in a kind of imaginary place, not really sure what you're really wanting to do. But we see our students um, living a real life and um, and fellowshipping with real saints. And one of the fruits of that is that we see a 100% employment rate of when they mm. graduate, as well as a much swifter move to get married, have kids, and most importantly, get plugged into a local church and yeah. be a productive member of a local church because that's just what they've been doing and being trained to do for, for four years while they're at the school. So I think that's, that's one significant piece. Um, another, another thing that I think sets us apart is the fact that we don't, we don't craft our degree in such a way that it's, um, uh, that it's clearly set aside as a vocational certification. Mm -hmm. Um, So, most college degrees over the last 50 years, we really shifted the way we think about college, where now people think of college as solely about getting you a particular job. And so your degree name is supposed to match with the first job you're going to get. Um, and, uh, and and so it causes people, I think, to think about college in kind of a screwy way and education in a, in a funny way. And I think it's actually significantly cheapened what we're doing Mm -hmm. at college. So Mm -hmm. we're more concerned about creating um, skills of leadership rather than setting them in one particular career. So our graduates are equipped to um, whatever their first job is to take that first job and then move up into positions Mm -hmm. of management and leadership. That's what the purpose of a liberal arts degree is supposed to be. Yeah. It's an interesting um, statistic here. People, like to um, you know make the joke about the liberal arts degree that that's the one that you that gets you the you know the barista job or the would you like fries with that job, um, but what people don't do is um, track and see what that degree does down the road. Mm-hmm. So um, it's true that I think if you have a liberal arts degree, your first job is probably going to be a lower pay than say if you had a job as an en- or a degree as an engineer or something like that. What's interesting is if you look at the um, the most common second job of a liberal arts major, not their first job, but their second job, the most common second job is management. Um, you, you might start lower, but you actually move into positions of leadership more quickly. And so that sets us apart that we're more focusing on the soft skills that um, a lot of companies are actually looking for right now. Hmm. And then the, the other piece I think that's probably the most important piece that sets us apart is the way in which we are really um, deeply about being faithful um, to Christ. And so that's why the no federal money, we don't want anything in the way of us being completely committed yeah. to serving Christ and not compromising on that. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you about 
the way college students have changed. And you've been teaching at New San, at New San Andrews in one capacity or another for 20 years. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll ask you apples to apples. How have you seen the college student from 1999? How is the college student uh, in 2018 different from the college student uh, at New St. Andrews in 1999? Wow. Yeah, that is a really good question. Um, I'd have to think on that a lot because yeah. there's a lot more that's changed for us than just um, how the college has changed. Because the, the other thing is the the landscape has changed as well with the with the growth of classical Christian education, and then with the growth of homeschoolers that are also using classical Christian education. The kind of um, education that the kids come in with has has shifted uh, quite a lot. Mm. Um, but I would say. Um, there is a, um, you know, there's an increasing, I don't know, uh, desire to be sort of socially savvy, I suppose, in, in, in um, that I that I notice. Um, there is, you know, I, I would say st- students in general. I mean, you you have all the caricatures of the millennial generation that um, absolutely are completely true. You know, they just they just are, and yet um, the 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 subset that we teach in is a group that tends to have been um, actually um, spared at least the vices of that generation. I think we tend to get students whose parents actually took really seriously um, not letting some of those um, caricatures be, be true. And so, um, so we, we, I think we're, we're a little bit inoculated against a lot of that shift, but you do still see, the sense of entitlement and things like that. You'll, you'll see bits of it here and there. Yeah. So, and you've been uh, working at, at churches as well. So just your experience generally with young people, let me try this uh, theory on you. Jonah okay. Goldberg in his book, Suicide of the West talks about how conservatives, you know, Richard Weaver is kind of the classic example of this. We love playing intellectual connect the dots and we'll say, okay, there's a problem today. And then we will go back and we'll sort of retrofit an argument to say, okay, here's the bad idea that led to this problem. But he says, you know, we, uh, in doing so, because we love argument, we love argumentation. We love looking for these intellectual problems. A lot of times we miss technological changes Mm -hmm. that actually stimulate a lot of the change rather than an idea. And he says, you know, you can't argue with a Buick, right? But a Buick, can change things more radically than uh, than Kant or somebody. So, yeah. how have you seen technology, phones, people starting their own uh, podcast? Say, uh, yeah, yeah. how have you seen technology change humans, change yeah. people, change college students? Well, I do think um, it's it's interesting um, when you are giving a lecture and you know that anybody at any moment could Google yeah. what you're saying. It keeps you on your toes, and so I do see there's a greater self confidence. I think in mm-hmm. in uh, in students now, uh, a sense of if I wanted to do that, I could, um, which I think is actually a really uh, a great thing. Um, there is a um, at the same time, I also think you see them more easily, um, more easy, more easily managed by the sort of. Uh, you know, the, the pop media gurus that let you know what you can and what you can't say. Hmm. So um, I think we see our sensibilities sort of um, 
more more carefully shepherded and and mm-hmm. the students like the idea of saying the thing that would be socially unacceptable is more, far more terrifying mm-hmm. now than than it was maybe 20 years ago mm-hmm. so um you you get a little bit of you get a little bit of both yeah. but yeah i definitely think that the um the, the phone. I mean, it's the yeah. smartphone that has, has changed the world. And I do think also, I mean, I, I would flip that around. It's great to have this conversation on Reformation Day. Uh, I do think uh, the printing press had made the Reformation possible in all the same ways that the, the, the smartphone is shaking things up. Mm. And I think that that's a challenge to the church to say, okay, we see what the Christians did with that technological innovation. Yeah. And, and Christians have always been at the forefront of media. Like that has been our thing. And we, we nailed it with the printing press. I don't think we have with the internet or the smartphone. And I think that's something we need to get on top of. I think mm. the ministries like this, a podcast where, where Christians suddenly, you know, that was the beauty of the printing press was that um, you had this uh, monstrous authority in Rome that nobody could challenge until all of a sudden you have this destabilizing technology allows you to put a, a placard on a on a wall and shake up the village. Well, that's what this podcast is. That's what suddenly, you know, somebody sitting in, in Frisco, Texas can get online and put something up and shake things up. But I don't think that we've done enough with this yet. Yeah. Uh, you've been really generous with your time and you're about to go uh, speak to our students. So I have one more question for you. And it is, I would suspect as a college president, you spend a lot of times, uh, a lot of time talking to Christian high schools about what you as a Christian college can do to accentuate and help and buttress what they have done for mm-hmm. uh, high school four years or, or K to 12 for 12 or 13 years. But uh, I want you to be brutally honest and let's assume, so I teach high school. Yeah. Let's assume I'm a mediocre teacher, which is a great you know assumption. I would be happy if I were a mediocre teacher and I'm doing everything, you know, I'm kind of a typical Christian school teacher. I'm doing okay. Um, how, what do I need to be doing better? What could I be doing better to prepare a senior in high school to really flourish at a school like mm. New St. Andrews? In general, you probably aren't, aren't, aren't uh, quick to critique high schools, but what could we be doing better to give you a better quality of student? Hmm. That's a good one. I, I think, um, well, the first thing is, is, uh, you're actually doing a really great job. I mean, I, I think that the classical Christian school movement um, and schools like this have really shaken up the K to 12 world. What I see my probably biggest frustration, I would see when I, when I connect with um, classical Christian schools is that you've done all of this great work to build a market that didn't exist before you challenged this massive educational structure to put up an alternative that um, that challenged it, that that um, um, improved upon it, that you know, and people had to sacrifice like crazy in terms of money and time and everything to build this. But then what happens is that this education, I see um, all the sacrifices that were made for the principles for what you built here. Um, I see parents and school administrators; they view the betrayal of all of those sacrifices as the reward for those sacrifices. Mm. And what, what I mean by that is um, you do all of this. And then what happens is some big university comes in that has uh, um, uh, prestige and all of that. And yet 
it completely undermines everything that the school has stood for. And yet the school will fall all over itself to get their kids into that university and watch that kid fall away from the faith while, while at that school. And they see that reward and the scholarship money that they got as the, as the prize for having gotten through this K to 12. ROI, time. right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I find that just really disappointing. And I wish we could see, look just a little bit down the road and say, can we, continue making this to actually complete this and bring it home. Because right now I feel like these schools, um, it's like you tie the knot in the shoe, but it's not double knotted. You, know, you put the bow in, but not the double knot. And, and we send the kids out and their laces are untied pretty quickly. And, mm. and I think that we need to be thinking more critically about what's actually happening at the college level, because that's where um, the all of the statistics are that we're losing between seventy to eighty percent of the Christian kids by the end of their freshman year, mm. um, and um, and we're not mindful of that. So I think that's the big thing is to be thinking about where where do you want it to go from here. Um, but I'm I'm really encouraged by the education that they have already received. I just wish that they would think more critically about what they're going to do next. Well, we have a lot of uh, students here thinking about what to do next, and I cannot recommend New St. Andrews College uh, more uh, strongly than I do. Our guest has been Benjamin Merkel. He's the second president of New St. Andrews College in Moscow, Idaho. Dr. Merkel, thank you for being with us. Thanks very much for having me.